0: Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world.
1: Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And
0: I'm Isaac from Resolute Man.
1: We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible.
0: We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey guys. So glad you're here. We're talking about Don't let your lifestyle hurt your family
1: such a good topic you oh, guys are probably yeah. listening right now going what does that even mean
0: <laughs> we I all mean, don't want to hurt our families
1: that's right yeah but but sometimes we make choices in our lives we make decisions or we um, say yes to things or versus saying no to things and it act- those those t- choices that we make can hurt our family and actually. sometimes
0: we grow up in a yeah. way where we feel like this path is rigid meaning it's not changeable. Mm -hmm. And there's this feeling of have to for provision reasons Mm -hmm. and different things like that. Whereas maybe there are other possibilities. Mm -hmm. Other possibilities were forced upon us, which gave us really a bird's eye view into how radically um, things can change for a family. And Mm -hmm. it's just really, really an incredible thing. So the most important thing is that all of us, regardless of what activities we're doing, what our work is, and these things, is that we're orientating our lives, our leadership and families towards the top priorities. Mm -hmm. And what are the top priorities? When we really get down to it, what is the purpose of parenting? Mm -hmm. What do you think the purpose of parenting is?
1: Oh, he just opened a can of worms when he said that and looked over at me. We actually cover all of the, the, the theological look at what the biblical purpose for parenting is in the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program. So, hey, if you haven't joined us, we'd love to have you join us for our next program, which starts in a month or so. Um, but in reality, when it comes down to it, we all need to have our lifestyle set up in a way where it's not going to be in opposition against what we are called to scripturally as Christians, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm assuming everyone that's listening here is a believer. Um, but uh, for for the Christian, for the Christ follower, our hearts should be, because we love God, because we love Jesus, we want to obey him, right? That's John 14 says over and over again, if you love me, you will obey me. Yeah, And so as adult Christian Christ followers, we should want to obey God and what his directions are in his word for Christian living and be modeling those for our kids so that hopefully when they are older, they have turned their life over to Jesus as well, and they make choices that are going to reflect that same heart.
0: Because our purpose in life is at the end of Matthew. I think it's Matthew 28, mm-hmm. which is go and make disciples of all nations. Well, the most important disciples we are going to influence are our own children, Um it's right. A, it, so if
1: we make choices that are going to hurt our relationships with our kids, for example, or hurt the discipling of our kids, right, like the time that it requires to disciple them, then we need to reevaluate and recalibrate, right, and some of our lifestyle. It's important we
0: all think about this because the enemy is using so many more tactics through technology, media, and really grabbing mm-hmm. um, the global conversation, if you will, that seeps into all of society. Mm-hmm. Um, around ungodly things mm-hmm. and so, in traps and so forth. And so, it's really important more than ever that we're vigilant in the sense of discipling our kids. And discipleship mm-hmm. is an event. You've heard us say this before, it's got to be woven in the fabric of your you. parenting and your lives. And so, just a couple things, and we'll dive in in a second. But, you know, do, you, do things come in between you and your family going to church? Mm -hmm. Is it too tired from the hustle or we can just watch it online? Or even
1: people, like I just even think about like sometimes we, we get a lot of messages from people who have family members that are unbelieving, right? They'll come to visit during different times of the summer or different things like that. And one of the things that Isaac and I decided many years ago was that regardless of friends or family or just people that were visiting, we were not going to stop going to church for those times, right? We go to church
0: every week we possibly can because there are going to be those times where the family is too sick. And so if there's an opportunity to go to church and- And we want to. We want to be there. This isn't a legalistic issue. It's just obedience. It's like God said, don't forsake the the gathering. gathering. And it's not just about a message. If church is just about a sermon, we are really- Maybe missing the point, and we've got to be replicating what our kids. We're going to do a whole episode on this, but moving on, Um, (laughs) you know, discipleship we talked about, or even uh, another one would be um, sports. Does sports overtake, take away so much time, effort, and things? And I'm for sports, by the way. Angie's for sports. She played sports growing up, but there can become a point where it takes away from what's most important.
1: Right. I mean, there there have been many times where, like, if our our kids were playing sports, they had tournaments on weekends that would potentially take them out of town away from church, for example, right? And then is your whole family going or is half of the family going or like you guys know because you're living it, right? And so we're going to dive into all these topics. But you guys, we started like jiving and talking about the topic because we are so excited to talk to you guys about this. But we want to take a moment to say thank you for joining us with this 10 million legacies movement. We have just been felt so supportive. We have felt um, your encouragement along the way. We could not keep doing this without you. Your reviews make a difference. Your comments make a difference. Your messages make a difference. In fact, we would love to hear from you. If you have suggestions of future podcast episodes, send them to us. Send Absolutely. them to us. We would love to. You can email Isaac at com or Angie at com, And we would love to be able to. We just want to keep this relevant and talking about things that are relevant to today. And so a lot of times we're talking about things that we're doing, right? Yeah. And then we also, but most of the time, we actually talk about things that you guys have sent in. So, so
0: And sometimes I know. Because I remember being on the other side of it in the business world, not doing, I was marketplace ministry, but I wasn't in ministry. And I remember wondering what ministry people do when they say it's a full-time effort and they're working hard. Right. And it really is. There's so much behind the scenes to produce Mm -hmm. two podcast shows every single week, maintain six websites um, to launch new products, shops. We have two shops, Resolute Man, Courageous Mom. We have customer service for products to Courses. podcast questions to social media, daily posts on social media, getting promos out, fulfilling um, book production orders. of all these things <laughs> and fulfilling book orders. And, you know, and, and then the expense, I mean, just for I'm just giving you guys a real bird's eye view, just the CourageousParenting.com website is $450 a month just to make sure it runs because it gets so much traffic. The server cost is high. So. You know, we're not complaining by any no, stretch. No, no. I just thought we'd give you a little bird's eye view into it. And we are so thankful because of um, people purchasing courses, books, the shops, and soon to be coffee coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, the app community—that's eight ninety nine a month, but is far more value than that. I promise you, uh, it's almost eight hundred people and beyond. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff helps support the cost of the ministry, but also support mm-hmm. our family because it takes full-time effort. So right. thank you. Well, let's dive in. Yeah, that yeah, was a yeah.
1: lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, Isaac, before we dive, dive in, I just want to say like, I know that there were times when I was even thinking about running a ministry many years ago and I had no idea all that it took. And so I had been doing ministry for a while on my own and it was, it was fun and I loved it. I love connecting with many of you moms because I know a lot of you have been um, following for a long time. But until we started doing this together and you were full-time, Like there really was a a threshold of how much I could do because of costs and because of not having time. So
0: anyway, thank you, guys. So we have three points for you guys. And the first one is ambition. And when I say that word, most Christians probably think that word is a bad word. I actually don't think that word is a bad word. That word by itself is a good word. I want my kids to be ambitious. I want them to be proactive, take initiative, be productive, have goals and work towards them and all of these things. So ambition is not a bad word, but if your ambition sacrifices your number one mission, then it is. And we were just talking about the mission God has for all of us.
1: Right. And so, you know, on that, on the topic of the mission that God has for us all, obviously there are collective missions that we all have. We just want to like overview real quick. As believers, there are a collective missions, right? Isaac talked about the Great Commission, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Number two, I would also say, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. If your life does not provide you time, to be able to be in the word and loving the Lord with your whole mind, heart, soul, and strength, there's a problem. There needs to be a reevaluation. How can we make there be more time, right? Um, Maybe it's a conversation because you have little kids where you have to talk to your husband and you go, hey, I don't feel like I'm in the word. And he's like, I don't either. And then you find a way to make time for each other because it's about wanting to spend time with the Lord. Um, And so – there's some collective missions, but then there's also this element of, you know, knowing God and making him known to the world. Okay. Collective mission. But then there's unique giftings that God's dispersed among the body. And he has called people to certain ministries, to certain um, jobs. He's called them to certain Mm -hmm. vocations. He's called you. He's got you on a mission. There is a purpose that God has put you in the generation, in the family, in the marriage, in the job that you're in for a reason. What is that, right? What is that? And are you distracted from that and not doing that at all because of other things that you have allowed to seep into your lifestyle that have gotten you kind of off the railroad tracks, if you will?
0: Yeah. First John um, chapter 2, starting in, 15 actually, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life, like I got enough likes on social media and these kinds of things, Mm -hmm. is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever Does the will of God abides forever? So this is just a friendly reminder to us as well Mm -hmm. um, that we don't wanna let anything get in the way of the most important thing. It doesn't mean we can't do certain things, Mm -hmm. although we might audit some of it. Sometimes we do need to prune even good things so our best fruit can become even better. Mm -hmm. What do we need to prune potentially? So the discipleship of our kids and quantity time with our kids is better. Mm -hmm. Quantity time is better than quality time. Um,
1: And can I just say something? You just brought up something. I think a lot of parents or a lot of people believe the lie that quality time, for example, has to be extravagant that quality time is going to the amusement park and spending a lot of money in order to do these quality time things. Can I just say that quality time is really having heart-to-heart conversations with your kids where they're opening up to you and you guys are delighting in each other's company, like you're really enjoying one another. And our definition of what quality time needs to be more biblical, otherwise we're gonna make decisions that actually suck the life out of us, that are going to potentially make us not enjoy those relationships. And so we have to realize that what the world portrays as what is quality and what is best for your kids is often not God's best it's often the worldly best or the enemy's best the enemy is tempting you to try to keep up with the joneses or do x y and z but in the long run looking back does that exhaust you does that make you regret it do you feel like you need a vacation from your vacation like there's that that happens when you have made wrong choices actually yeah. you know and so um i think that we've all felt overwhelmed at times i'm just going to say this for a second cuz i said the vacation a vacation which I've actually said myself Isaac has too and I know that especially when you have little kids it's you do feel that way. You feel that way just doing life sometimes when you have little kids, it is pretty normal. So I don't want you to feel guilt of any kind. And some things you need to prioritize, like going to the family reunion. Yeah, it's gonna be hard and you're gonna be tired afterwards, but it's worth it for relationships. My point is though, is are we tacking on extra things that the world is tempting us to do, not that the Lord is asking us to do as an act of service and like flourishing relationships? that those things are sucking us dry of energy. We just need to evaluate that.
0: I want to take a moment and give you something for free if you haven't got it already is the date night one sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get an alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, Also, you can get all of our show notes and everything. Thing at courageousparenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, it's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at courageousparenting.com.
1: Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights,
0: to be leaders for the next generation. And I would say too, um, praise the Lord for all you providing out there for Mm -hmm. your families. Yes. Um, I think in a lot of families, it's, it's the men out there working hard, but I know there's lots of women working hard to and yep. whether it's and a, side, a side hustle yeah. to help and uh, or mm-hmm. single moms or uh, other. So I, I think that's really, really amazing. But I, I, one thing that you don't want to sacrifice your family for your career. And so where is the line? And only you can decide where that line is. But you have to look in your heart hearts and pray to God and go, am I justifying something for a future. I used to do this in a way. I would say things like when my kids, my little, my first three were really little, I would say to myself, well, they're not really gonna remember this time. So now is a time for me to dive all in and really build and really save money and hustle like crazy so that when they do remember and they're older, that I can spend more time with them. The problem is, is we develop habits of working like that and the, the, what happens down the road is a new rationale comes and a new rationale comes and a new rationale. So just if this is you, make sure you break that cycle mm-hmm. um, so that you don't sacrifice that time with your kids because you, you, you can grow to love the hustle and those things. And it's okay to enjoy what you mm-hmm. do. I hope you do actually. Yeah. Um, but regardless, we don't want to sacrifice our families and it would be worth it to actually be not as successful in the world's eyes but to cultivate and grow seeds of faith in a spiritual sense that is more worth it now i'm not saying you have to do one or the other because i believe in the genius of the end not the tyranny of the ore. good business book says but it's really important to at least think about that and make sure we're not going too far on this side of hustle 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 accumulate things and the bigger the bigger and now we have more weight and more debt And now we have less freedom and even a greater responsibility to make more and more and more. And you get on this treadmill and then you're looking over here and your kids are already 14 and up and you're like, where did the time go? I need to sow seeds of faith, but it's always easier when the kids are younger.
1: It's interesting because um, it's a cycle, right? Like you were talking about habits. And I think that women can even do this too with the lifestyle choices and how we manage our home and what we buy. When you were talking about accumulating things that hit me big time. So like I am not a minimalist, but I'm also not, I'm definitely not a hoarder. Um, I, I, See myself as a prudent wife. I try to get mm-hmm. sales on things, and I pat. We do hand me downs. We pass things down. So I will hang on to clothes, for example, or shoes to pass on to the kids, and that can be more things, right? Like think about it. We're a family of nine kids. Like all the things that could we could potentially be hanging on to that would require to be taken care of. Many years ago, when I was in the midst of this and labeling boxes of zero to three month boys and zero to three month girls, all the things it dawned on me that I need to be very choosy about the things that I hang on to because I do need to steward the things that I have well. And I also, there's this deep conviction that if I'm not using it soon, or if I may not use it, I should give it to someone who would be using it right now to bless that person. And that truly was like the balance for me, actually, was can I pass this along to bless someone right now? And I remember um, for many years, like we were hanging on to baby girl clothes and obviously our youngest daughter is 17 and a half. So um, she was maybe seven when I kind of was like, I just don't know if we're ever going to have another baby girl because we kept having baby boys. And of course, you have a 50-50 chance, but there was that temptation in me to hang on to all of her stuff because I wanted so badly to have another little girl. And then it finally hit me after like nine years of hanging on to it, you know what? This stuff is getting so old now. I don't know if other people would even use this if I hung on to it anymore. And so I got rid of it. But the thing is, is if you're not using something proactively, if you're not using it, You shouldn't be hanging on to it because it's just one more thing that's potentially needing to be taken care of, dusted, um, cluttered, that sort of thing. And that takes away from the time that you have. If you're taking care of it, that is time taken away from your kids that you can spend with them, discipling them, or with your husband, or with other people. Um, We have a Bible verse in Matthew chapter 6. Verse 19 through 20, that is 21, actually. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be.
0: Um, I love that scripture. And I just want to say something real quick, because I remember... That scripture being preached to me when I was a new believer, but I was like twenty-five years old. And I had um, at the time I was in the business world and I had this little BMW convertible. And I used to love taking Kelsey, my oldest daughter. She just turned twenty-two. We would have so much fun together. She had her hair blowing in the wind and we'd go on the windy roads. And I just Up in we, the hills. we just have good memories <laughs> together with that. And um But it was a fun car but you know part of it was i went and saw my managers and i would take them and do things and uh, business hospitality you know go golfing things like that and that was just part of my life then and i was coming up and, and it was a great car but then i heard this sermon where they used that scripture and then they referenced people with bmws and i just remember going that is so immature that is unbelievably untrue and so when we say that scripture the unbelievably wrong thing to do would be to judge somebody because of things they own. Because that's not what the scripture is saying at all. Mm -hmm. The scripture is saying the heart of the matter. It's okay. God is a good God. He may afford you to have some wonderful things and friends of yours should rejoice in that, Mm -hmm. not be competitive about it. We should rejoice for fruitfulness in each other's lives. However, we should also pull each other out of the fire when our hearts are wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, it's interesting because I even think about our Sprinter van. So you guys, we have a Mercedes Sprinter van. Yes, We have a Mercedes Sprinter van. We love our Sprinter van because our whole family can ride in that van, and it can't really ride in any other vehicle. Well, you only have a few options. Right. You have very few options. But let me just tell you this story. So many years ago, we saved up and we got a really good deal on a Sprinter van, really good deal. I think it was like $19,000 or something. Yeah, I'm telling you numbers so that you know. And then when Isaac felt the calling to go into full-time ministry, we sold that Sprinter van to give our family a three-month runway. Way in ministry because that we were able to sell it and it could provide for our family. So we um, drove two vehicles to church together, yeah. and we sacrificed and we paid more gas and we 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 did all the things because we obviously still had a big family, um, and we prayed as a family, that God would provide us with a vehicle that our whole family could ride in so that we could go on vacations together and only take one vehicle and the RV. You remember this? Yeah. And then a few years into doing ministry, we were on our family vacation and the whole family is squeezed into the excursion and we did not fit. I was pregnant, for example. And we were all praying that God would provide and and you know what? One of the kids said, "I'm going to pray for a Sprinter van."
0: I think one. Of the, I think two kids had a double buckle.
1: It was really rough, yeah. yeah. And so we prayed for the Sprinter van, for a Sprinter van or a vehicle that would fit everybody. And our son found one on marketplace. And God enabled us to buy this beautiful sprinter van that had been used as a shuttle to church and back by an older lady whose husband was passing. And she sold it to us for $13,000 and $13,500. You cannot even like, yes, that's how much we got it for because God is good. So if you see Isaac and I driving around in Idaho and we're in a sprinter van, don't judge. We got that thing for a really good price because God provided.
0: And I will also say, if you bought a brand new one for $70,000 and you can afford it, and it doesn't impact the good of your family and it's something useful to you, and it's but your heart is for God and not for things, and praise the Lord. You're
1: a generous giver. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So we share that with you guys because isn't it easy for people to judge things? it's super easy for people to look on the outside and to judge things. Yeah, And I just want to remind you that, because I've been reminded gently by the spirit that things don't always, they aren't always what they seem on the outside. Mm-hmm. And so we actually need to spend our focused energy, spending time in the word and in, ju- and, and coming before the Lord and saying, search my own heart. Oh God. And we need to be, more concerned with making sure that we are making the lifestyle choices personally that are going to afford us the time, which is our greatest commodity, mm-hmm. to prioritize the things that we believe God has called us to. For us, he's called us to our family. He's called mm-hmm. us to our marriage. Yes, we have nine kids. So it, that is more of a commitment than it is for a fa- for parents that maybe have two kids. It is. So mm-hmm. we are less available other people, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. And we, he's called us to ministry. And so what are your priorities? Like this would be a good time for you to maybe think about this question. If you're not listening with your spouse, go on a date night and talk about what are your priorities? What has God called you to? And do you have time for those things? Or is your life so consumed with pursuing things and, and saying yes to things that maybe are not those top priorities, that you don't have time for them.
0: Yeah, too often we're scared to say no, so we say yes to inferior things and we sacrifice things that matter most. Yeah. And so it's really important that we really work that muscle of no and we get really good in alignment as a marriage mm-hmm. on who are the people we're gonna invest in relationship with because we can only spend so much time mm-hmm. and and those can, what are the activities and is this activity, I know it's fruitful for the one kid mostly, Mm-hmm. other than some of these influences over here. And then if you really think about it, maybe some of the other things. But then you go, but is it fruitful now that we're not eating dinner together most days and that we miss church every once in a while because we're at a game and these kinds of things? And what is this saying to our kids as they're growing up of what are real priorities? The actions, the what we live every single week is what actually shows our kids Mm -hmm. what is important. It doesn't matter as much what you say. If what you do is different than what you say, what you say doesn't matter at all, actually.
1: Right. Then they'll deem you as a hypocrite. I I do think that there is this element of needing to realize that there was a time in this world when sports were not in conflict with church. There was a time when they were not. And they had success in becoming an idol in enough people's lives to choose sports over going to church on Sundays, that it became a thing and it's stayed a thing since then. And so if if as believers, that is something that we have allowed even for a season like you guys, we have to understand that what we do is going to leave an impression with our children about our commitment to God and that will influence their commitment to God and their commitment to his people and his body. Mm. And like Isaac was saying before, I mean, we, we briefly brought up Hebrews ten twenty five, which it talks about not, um, neglecting the meeting and stuff. And we we talked more about that in the last podcast too, actually from a different um, vantage point. And this is an important thing because when we are going on a regular basis, yes, we are hearing the word of God and the word of God is good for rebuking and correcting and penetrating. And it, it reminds us of who we are and who God is and and what our mission is here in life. And I don't know about you, but I need that reminder every day. And so I love getting in the word every day. But when we go to church and I hear it, the word preached, and God has impressed upon a brother in Christ, a different passage of scripture, and he teaches from that, it is so edifying. It is edifying to see a, a sister exercise her gift in hospitality it's edifying to see a brother or a sister exercise their gift in worshiping God and leading everybody to worship into worship it the the meeting time should be a time where you walk away your fan your fan for Christ is is your flame is fanned and you're encouraged and ready to go out and be on mission the rest of the week to be the mom that you know God's called
0: you to be. Yeah, so good. I mean, busyness can really get in the way of the top priorities. And, um, you know, so it's just something to think about. I yeah. love the scripture in 1 Timothy 6, 17. It says, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. So everybody listening is like, you know, there's probably a few people that you know, financially would consider themselves rich that listen. And then everybody else is probably like, oh, that's not me. Well, uh, most everybody listening, uh, at least in the United States probably would be considered rich by somebody listening in a different country, um, certain countries and so forth. So when you take take the world and, and you look at your situation, there's probably a lot of really good situations of people living in homes and, and things like that. So, um, so as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty. So we're not to be haughty about God's provision, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty. That's not where our hope is, right? Um, but what do mm-hmm. our actions show our kids? But on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy, and if we believe that, and we feel like we need to make some adjustments to. How we provide, how how, what the work is in the situation with the family, or um, you know the standard of living, or these kinds of things—is that preventing you from more time with your kids and these kinds of things? Just something to think about because it takes more, I think, to prepare our kids these days uh, to launch into this world. Uh, Super important. They are to do good. So, so moving on here in eighteen, they are to do good, to be rich in good works. I love how the Bible so well written, using the word rich prior terms of someone with wealth or doing well, and then to be rich in good works. Do you see that? I love the Bible. It's so good. To be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. So, hey, let's just do an audit, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe have a marriage meeting, date night, Mm -hmm. date night in, whatever you Mm -hmm. want to do and just go, what are the things that we're not doing as well as we desire? Mm-hmm. And what is holding us back from the time to do those things? Mm-hmm. And let's re, re let's be purposeful about the top priorities and the actions within the rhythm of the week that are those top priorities to disciple our kids, have godliness, a spirit filled home, peace, um, not a slave to things and things like that. What what needs to shift a little bit to have more of that? Because what happens is we don't even realize it, and pretty soon our life rhythm isn't in alignment with our actual priorities that we actually believe in. And how does that happen? Pressures from the world, pressures from uh, friends and people, um, pressures from society to do certain things and pressures from your own kids. And there's and maybe over-
1: even pressures from family too. I just even think about like how ge- different generations value different things and, and being able to separate yourself from that and go, okay, but Abba Father is the one that I really care about. And he, what he thinks is the most important is what is the most important to me. And finding a strong, confident identity in that and not needing to be a people pleaser that is huge. Mm-hmm. I know that, that that was huge for me um, just as far as like even saying yes to being a stay-at-home mom when everyone around me was like, why wouldn't you get a job? And I am so thankful now looking back almost 23 years, I'm so thankful that I said yes to God and did something that was against my nature, that was against what my what I originally had thought my dreams were because my dreams were actually based upon mm. ambition. Mm-hmm. And 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 different influences, um, Christian world actually influences, and they were good. Like I wanted to be a missionary, and there sometimes that is God's call in your life. But clearly, if I would have said yes to that, I would have been saying no to nine children, grandbabies, like a whole lot. And so I I'm so glad that God knows better what His will is for us. So our first priority needs to be seeking Him and what His will is for us mm-hmm. and for our kids and for our legacy. And when we seek God's will, and we pray in God's will, and we seek him, he promises that he will reveal to us what his will is. He will make it known to us. And you guys, sometimes that is going to be just a simple adjustment of things. But Mm -hmm. sometimes God requires us to sacrifice things on the altar. And Sometimes he does. And if
0: you're feeling like a big change needs to happen... But you have this feeling, and when you talk as a married couple, it's like, well, that seems impossible. Well, this is where your faith starts to grow stronger, because it's possible with God. If the motivations to create a radical change are for godly reasons, don't you think God's going to get behind that? But he wants our faith. He usually doesn't prove he's going to do something before you take steps towards doing it if you know Mm -hmm. what i mean he wants us to step out in faith just like in wisdom ask wise people around you too Mm -hmm. but stepping out in faith and i know we've had to do that and it's been so amazing for our family i'm so glad that we have stepped out in faith to do this ministry, for example. And not everybody's called to do a ministry, but what are you called to do? And what are things that could create some more Mm -hmm. time and space for the discipleship Mm -hmm. and relationship building and equipping of your kids for the world they're going to launch into, which is even a lot different than today's world.
1: And you know, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, I think that it's worth sharing this too. I know that there have been um, different... I don't know if it's movements or if it's just passions that people have had on their heart for different things. And I think that it's important that you guys remember what we were saying regarding seeking God's will for your life and for what you're to be doing, what your spouse is to be doing, and the that it would reflect the priorities that God has clearly given you direction on in his word Um, I know that for some parents they have this huge desire to not be working kind of like what Isaac was talking about at the beginning when he was saying that he wanted to work really hard so that he could work less when they were older you know and and work super hard to make money when they wouldn't remember if you will well they do they do remember to a certain degree because their relationships are being built during that time they're being formed and so you yes that is the truth actually they they are building relationships with you and so if you're not there to build that relationship, you're going to be stunted in building it actually. So I know that that might be a hard thing for people to hear, but that's actually the truth. Yeah. And in addition, it's not actually God's will for people to retire. I I don't actually see the, the conversation of retiring anywhere in the Bible. Um, and this is an important thing to realize because this is something that humans made up because humans desire not to work and to get out of work. But God actually created us for work. Mm -hmm. That's one of the purposes he created us all for, was for work and to delight in the work that we do Mm -hmm. and to do it without grumbling and complaining. And so if we are trying to retire early so that we can just be full-time parents, while that sounds all noble From one perspective, it's actually not biblical because then what are those kids going to grow up with? They're going to grow up with parents that are not actually working, and they're going to be in opposition to wanting to work as well. God does not promise us an easy life when we choose Christianity, when we choose Christ. He doesn't. In fact, it's quite the opposite. And one of the things that we want to raise our kids with is good work ethic. And so working and working hard is a good thing. We just need to make sure that our ambition is God's ambition, that it's not um, preventing us from the things that are a higher priority. So I just wanted to like wrap that up and make sure that you guys know that we're not against people working. We don't think that work is bad. We want people to be working. We encourage, like the Bible even says that yeah. it's work for an unbeliever than for a man not to provide for his family. So that's like a big deal.
0: We really think it's our job to help people think about things, think about choices they've made, and sometimes figure out on their own if they need to recalibrate things so that the trajectory of your legacy is more godly and that your kids launch confidently being Mm -hmm. Christians in a world that hates Christianity in large part today. So thanks for joining us.
1: See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your
0: parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone.
1: If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.